Vincennes, I need your help with something. I'm busy right now. Why don't you just go ask some of your boys in homicide? I can't. I need someone outside of homicide. I want you to tail Bud White till he goes on duty this evening. Why don't you do me a real favor and leave me alone? Do you make the three Negroes for the night owl killings? What? It's a simple question. Why in the world do you want to go digging any deeper into the night owl killings, Lieutenant? Rolo Tomasi. Is there more to that, or am I supposed to guess? Rollo was a purse snatcher. My father ran into him off duty. And he shot my father six times and got away clean. No one even knew who he was. I just made the name up to give him some personality. What's your point? Rolo Tomasi's the reason I became a cop. I wanted to catch the guys who thought they could get away with it. It was supposed to be about justice. Then somewhere along the way, I lost sight of that. Why'd you become a cop? This week on the podcast, um, spend time with Rolo Tomasi, uh, have lunch at the Night Owl, and pick up a copy of Hush Hush. That's right. This week we're talking about L.A. Confidential on 100 Movies I Love. The 100 Movies You Love. Yeah. And the opening, uh, we have uh, uh, Dane DeVito uh, talking. Uh, he's in the movie, but he's doing the narration here, too, talking about how great there's uh, how great California is. And he's like, well, sort of, you know, he talks about how great it is, but also the bad side of it. And uh, and uh, he's talking about, you know, that's what you get anyway. You know, just everyone's flocking there because of all so much promise. But he talks about the seedy side of, uh, of California and L.A. And uh, you see the uh, um, badge of honor, the fictional TV show. Definitely within, based on Dragnet. Yeah, yeah, definitely Dragnet, yeah. And um, and uh, he's talking about uh, um, Mickey Cohen being arrested for tax evasion, who's a big crime boss at the time. Um, and uh, uh, Danny DeVito's character, played by Sid um, Sid Hudgens, um, played by Sid Hudgens, nice no, character, Sid <laughs> Hudgens. Yeah, um, and uh, he's doing his little sign off on his uh, his newspaper article. Where he always does. Uh, you heard it first. Off the record, on the QT, and definitely very hush hush. Yes, which is also the tagline for the movie. Um, and uh, I like how they um, they have the character name, uh, like with a typewriter, um, to introduce the main characters. You see Officer Bud White, played by Russell Crowe. Um, um, he's there with his partner and uh, calls in a car uh, ahead of time. Said so basically to get a squad car over to this address. Nothing's happened yet. 
but his uh, partner's laughing because he knows what he's going to do. Yeah. And uh, he sees a, a, a man, a husband, uh, basically abusing physically and verbally abusing his wife. But not just a husband. It's just some uh, criminal he's popped has come out of Right, out of right. Because he's, he's already checking up on him, make sure oh, right. or whatever True. they are. And he True. sees what the guy's doing his, his stuff again. So he's, he's not going to let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bud's got a problem with men who beat up women. Yes, yeah. He, uh, he, he walks up and it's Christmas time and he sees the uh, plastic like Santa's reindeer on the roof and he pulls the uh, wire and just pulls them all off on the roof. Makes a big noise. Attention. Yeah. Uh, to get it to, for the husband to come out. And he asked him who he was and uh, he says the ghost of Christmas past. And he's like, why don't you dance with a man for a change? <laughs> um, and uh, he handcuffs the guy to the porch and uh, the woman, you know, you know, he says, ask her, you know, do you have any place you can go? Gives her a couple of bucks. Yeah, it gives her some cash. Um, and it looks like she's going over to the neighbor. It looks like there's a neighbor on the porch next door. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, after this scene, uh, you see the introduction of uh, Kevin Spacey's character, Sergeant Jack Vincennes. Yes. Uh, who is the technical advisor on Badge of Honor. Badge of Honor. Yeah. And... Uh, you know he's very proud of the fact that he's uh he's a you know he's a TV guy and works on a TV a popular TV show and uh, and uh, now Vincennes that's an easy one for me to remember the name because uh, my fraternity was uh, was uh, based in Vincennes Indiana uh-huh. like well the Red Square originated in 1897 and the only time I've ever been to Indiana Indiana is when I went to Vincennes for a was Kevin Spacey there. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or is it just a lot of wide open spaces? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, Vincennes, Indiana. Um, yeah, that's the only time I've ever been to Indiana, but went there for a week in summer of, I think it was 92, I think. No, we should mention at this time that I'm Paul Conlon and across from me is Jason Martin. Oh yeah, that's true. These are the voices you're hearing on this podcast. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you get the Kevin Spacey's introduction there, Sergeant Jack Vincennes. Um, next you get uh, Sergeant Ed Exley, uh, played by Guy Pierce, and uh, you see that he's in charge. Uh, he's the night watch, yeah. Night he's in charge. It's Christmas, he's like, you know, it's Christmas Eve, he's in charge because married men have the night off because it's Christmas Eve. And uh, uh, you get uh, character Dudley Smith, uh, played by James Cromwell. James Cromwell, love me some James Cromwell, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dudley Smith asked him what he wants to do. And he's all saying all the stuff. He's, you know, Dudley Smith says, you're a political animal. You have the eye for human weakness, but not the stomach. Yeah. And uh, ask him what he's willing to do. Um, he asked him a series of questions. Right. Which is important. Yes. Very important. Very important. Yeah. Very important series of questions. Yeah. Because it shows the corruption currently yes. openly going on mm-hmm. in the forest. And actually saying, I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also very important for the movie and the story arc of certain oh, characters. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, and he ends up with, Dudley ends up with saying, you know, and at least get rid of the glasses, you know. <laughs> yeah, and throughout the movie, he will take his glasses off to do something, but then he can't really see because he mm-hmm. has to have the glasses mm-hmm. on, which I thought, there's a scene later on, mm-hmm. the shotgun, the elevator. I thought he made a mistake, mm-hmm. but they don't show anything. So... Mm-hmm. He probably didn't, mm-hmm. but that could have been a very good scene for him when the elevator opened up mm-hmm. and he's not wearing his glasses. He made a mistake. Shoot but they didn't, yes, yeah, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't happen apparently. 
Right. Which right. I thought, right. wow, that would have been a big twist right in the middle of the movie. But yes. It, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff about him, glasses, not wearing glasses. Yeah. People making, you know, saying he doesn't look good with them. He takes them off. You picture I, I thought he was looked better. Yeah. And considering that he wanted the force to be different. And even the powers that be, although they didn't want things to change too much, they want things different. If they let him wear his glasses, it would be a physical look of difference mm -hmm. for the detective bureau. Yes, yes, true. It's a, a cosmetic look, cosmetic right. change. Yeah. And that would have helped them. We're changing. Look, this guy wears glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he must be smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, next we see uh, Bud White, uh, Russell Crowe's character, at the liquor store. And Lynn walks in, played by Kim Basinger. Yes. Um, and uh, we don't, you know, we don't see her face at first. Like you hear her voice. Yes. You see her, you know, from the side, but then it's very striking when she turns around. You know, the very red lipstick. The yeah. Very, very pale face. Right. The blonde very, hair. Very blonde. Yeah. The, the little red Riding Hood type. Yeah. Thing she's wearing. Yeah. Um, and and she says. Uh, he says, Merry Christmas. She goes, Thank you, Officer. Merry Christmas. She goes, Oh, it's written all over me, all over your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, Yeah. Um, and they have a little uh, friendly chat there. And uh, um, and the song that's playing is a song we've already heard in one of our other um, uh, movies we've done. Uh, the Hawaiian uh, song, Mele Malaki. I can't even remember. Is the way to say Merry right. Christmas. Uh, yeah, that song. Which was in uh, Christmas Vacation. Gotcha. When uh, uh, Clark was uh, fantasizing about the woman from the store, uh, getting ready to take her her bathing suit off, and then it was Eddie on the diving board. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, we've already heard the same song in another movie. Um, and uh, I can't remember who sings that, but it's a very famous uh, Hawaiian. Donna, Donna probably. Probably. I'm not sure actually. Yeah, probably. Um, Christmas song, Hawaiian Christmas song. A Hawaiian song in the 50s. I'm going to go with Taco. Probably, yeah. It also sounds like something Bing Crosby might have ripped off yes. or something. Or. Yeah. Prairie Coma, maybe. Um, I think it might be Bing Crosby. I don't know. But, um, and uh, so Bud White walks to the car and uh, he sees a, a woman with a bandage on her nose. Um, in and, the back seat. and we already know he's got to think about women getting beat up. Right. So he's, he's wondering what's going right. on. Right, and Pierce Patchett is in the backseat too. The first time we see him, yes, played by David Strathairn. David Strathairn, yeah. And uh, Lynn walks up and says, "I'm not what you think." It really isn't. It really isn't. But, but no one explains what's going on. No, no. Um, but actually, the first time I saw something the second time, even though I, I knew the second time what it was, I thought, "I'll bet it's plastic surgery of some sort." Yeah. Because even the, the beginning, the first time I saw it, I didn't realize. Who the girls were and what right. was going on so right. later on, and then it makes sense. Oh yeah. Uh, so and of course, Patrick explains it later on when, mm -hmm. when Bud visits him at, at his house. Yes, yeah. And then uh, Buzz Meeks is there too. He's he's driving. He's like the the muscle basically. Um, he's very important in the story too. Um, and uh, but anyway, you know, Bud White was wrong about what's going on, but he, you know, obviously he didn't know that. Um, next, we get uh, Jack Vincennes and Sid, uh, Danny DeVito's character. Um, they're at a hotel room, and they're going to set up um, these two young uh, actors. Uh, yes. um, Played by a very young, the male uh, Simon Baker. Yeah. Denny, as credited in this movie, uh, Simon Baker, mm -hmm. I love The Mentalist, mm -hmm. uh, lots of other good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I read up on why Denny, apparently uh, 
it was uh, his uh, stepfather's name, and he, when he originally started oh, out in Australia, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that he used a different name here. I didn't either until I was father. Okay, Penny. so he he used that name originally, but then just dropped the Penny part. Hmm. Short to Simon Baker. Okay, um, and I also read an anecdote about you know before L.A. Confidential came out, Curtis Hanson was in Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce were in the audience versus talk about some other movie he made, and he said, "Yeah, I'm making a movie." Um, it called LA Confidentials takes place in the fifties, mm-hmm. and these two actor Australian actors are going to be starring in it. Mm-hmm. And it was you know the two guys mm-hmm. that were in the audience, mm-hmm. and the Australian crowd didn't believe them because why would they hire a couple of almost unknown Australians for mm-hmm. this movie? Right. And of course, uh, Simon Baker is also Australian. Right. Okay. Uh, it turns out that Curtis uh, Hanson didn't want big names in the parts. He wanted unknowns so people yeah. could believe. Yes. The characters more. Uh, I also wanted the lower budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Australian actors uh, fit the bill. Yeah. Well, for me, this is this is absolutely my introduction to Russell Crowe and Guy Pearce. Oh, yeah. I had no idea who they were. I, I'm pretty sure the first time I saw all of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kevin Spacey is, of course, I already knew him. He'd already been suspects. And, you know, and I already knew, I definitely knew him. Obviously, Dan Vito and Kim Basinger. But, the, the leads. The, yeah. Even James Cromwell, he's a second-tier actor in a lot of movies. Yes. Yeah. Not not the lead, except maybe Babe. Right, right. Or Babe Pigeon City. That'll do. Probably his biggest lead movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of genre people know him from Star Trek as uh, mm-hmm. the guy that invented space travel or the warp drive. Oh, did he? Yeah. I know him from Born the Family. Born Family. Oh, that's such a long time ago. Stretch. Too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Stretch Cunningham. Stretch Archie Bunker's uh, best friend who yeah. told terrible jokes. Archie's the only one who thought they were funny. And many, many first years on All the Family, he was just a name. You never saw his face. Later on, he was he was on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's great, James Cromwell. And also, when you need someone to portray uh, George Bush Senior in a movie, <laughs> it's him because he 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 got the look. His body, his body, his height, his body shape. Yeah, just like it. Um, yeah. Um, was he in W? Did he play George Senior in W? Probably. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I think he's played him in a couple, two or three things. I think. Yeah, pretty sure he did. Yeah. Um. And uh, so we see. Uh, I'm sorry. Yep. Hey, well, he did play him, right? First, first three up: Josh Brolin, George W., Elizabeth Blankett, Lara. Yeah. And then James Cromwell, H. W. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, we got uh, Vincennes and Sid uh, and also the hotel room. And basically what they're doing is setting up. They're setting up these. Uh, uh, they're getting together and setting up these young uh, actors um, in a pot dust. Uh, and then Sid's going to take the picture and uh, basically uh, you know, make them infamous or, or um, you know, hold over them, basically. Uh, but Simon Baker plays the, uh, plays the actor. And uh, uh, he finds a uh, Jack finds a, a business card that says Fleur de Lee on it. And at this point, we don't he find he has pot from the bust on him, but also Fleur de Lee card doesn't know what it is uh, yet. And uh, 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 Jack gets back to the uh, police station with the two actors to put him in jail and offers actually the payoff. He's like, You're the you know, you're the you're on charge right now. Here's your. You're on the desk, cur- courtesy of Hush Hush Magazine, because he's a watch commander. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and he's like, no, nah, I want it. Um, and then some of the other cops bring in some Mexicans and uh, they keep it, they keep talking about, hey, these are the guys that put these other two cops in jail. And they keep exaggerating. They're, the They're in the hospital, but he keeps they keep exaggerating. Yes. You know, actually actually says they just have some bruises or something. And one guy says one guy's almost dead. Yeah. One guy lost his leg or something. And the more and more alcohol gets poured, the, the bigger the story gets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it leads to the Christmas massacre. Yeah, and they, they go down bloody, bloody bloody Christmas. Bloody Christmas. They get down where the cells are and uh, they all just beat up the Mexicans and uh, even Jack gets in on it. Jack you know? just kind of tried to maybe comment on a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then one of the Mexicans lands his bloody nose on his wife's white shirt and suddenly he's yeah, he's angry. Yeah. And they actually put Exley in a uh, in a in a holding cell. Yeah. And lock the door on him. Yeah, and like you know, so you can't like intervene. Uh, Which also kind of helps because right around this time, the reporters are there. They take this big picture, and there's the melee. Which actually is not there because he's locked up. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and um, uh, you get the newspaper headline. Yeah, bloody Christmas. Um, the police. Uh, I don't know if he's a captain or what he is, but there's a guy we just last week talked about who's in Austin Powers too, John Mahon. M A H O N Mahon. Um, and, uh, just, just in our last movie, um, whatever, I don't know what, what position he has, but he's one of the higher ups in the, uh, the police department. And, uh, they're asking Exley, um, and they need witnesses and Exley's like, yeah, of course. And uh, he makes the point of saying, you know, some guys think that, uh, they confuse with silent, they view silence with integrity. You know, just because you don't say anything, it means you have integrity. Um. And uh, actually, he offers up the suggestion the public would expect the police to sleep this under, sweep this under the rug. Don't do that. Place the blame on cops whose pensions are secured. Force them to retire. And he said, one way or the other, somebody has to swing for this. And it's a pretty solid argument, you know. Um, you, you make you blame cops who are going to get their pension anyway, and force them to retire. That's a pretty pretty good uh, strategy, actually. Um, and uh, they're talking about uh, Bud White, and actually uh, uh, says White's a mindless thug, and Dolly says, "No, Edmund, he's just a man who's willing to say yes to those questions I've asked you from time to time." Yes, it's uh, a good line. I like that. And uh, uh, they say, "Hey, tell Exley, you know, promote you to sergeant," and he's like, "No, sergeant, detectives, or I mean, detective. I'll protect you to detective." He's like, "Detective lieutenant." And uh, so they put him behind the uh, the uh, the one way the mirror, and uh, they bring Jack Vincennes in, and they asked him uh, to basically tell him what happened, and he says, "No thanks, I'm not a snitch." He says it exactly the same way as usual suspects. Yeah, I'm not a snitch. You know, well, not the exact same way, but I kind of feel like they did that on purpose. Like, you know, it's the most famous movie role. Yeah, uh, and uh, and basically they say, well, you know, after you get off, of, uh, you know, basically that they're going to kick him off the show. They're yeah. going to force him to be off the show. They did. They, they dropped the bomb on him that he's going to be on the show until right. And that's what really gets over. him. That's what he really cares yeah. about. Um, and Jackson looks over at the mirror. He knows Someone's that actually he's behind the mirror. He knows it. <laughs> he knows if it's not actually if somebody's back there. Mm -hmm. And uh, um. 
and then Dudley talks with uh, Bud about the whole thing. Um, I can't remember what happened. Uh, they uh, they've taken uh, Bud's badge, and this mm -hmm. was the talking oh, right, right, and he right. hands him the gun, the badge back. Says, mm -hmm. "I need you for a special detail," mm -hmm. which turns out to be uh, beating up uh, criminals at this uh, abandoned hotel, the Victory. Mm -hmm. And that's because at the very beginning of the movie, one of the things that happened was uh, uh, Mickey Cohen got popped for. Uh, tax evasion and went to jail and that made the crime scene, the organized crime scene, a little bit wide open for mischief and takeover and yeah. killings. Yeah. Which is yeah. part of the plot line of the movie. Mm -hmm. What's happening? Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, Sid and Vito's character doing a voiceover again. Talks about the mob guys and it mentions two Italian guys like, wonder what will happen to them? And, and then they see him get shot and killed right in the front. It's like, well, that's, that's it for them. Um, and we have here where uh, Jack calls uh, the phone number for Florida Lee, and they basically hang up on him because oh, we don't know you. Who are you? I'm right. a friend of oh, click. Right. He doesn't. You know, he needs to know some kind of code word right. or mention someone's name. Um. So more mystery there. You don't know what's going on with Florida Lee. Um. And uh, um, Sid and Jack are talking about. Uh, Sid says uh, for my. Hush hush, they want to do they want to do an all hophead edition. <laughs> and Sid mentions uh Swartza jazz musicians, which I know is um for you know for Yiddish Swartzas when they talk about black people, Schwarza. Uh, I only know that because of Mel Brooks movies, but um and uh uh Stenslin is uh leaving the building. He's one that he got forced to retire, which yeah. is Bud White's uh, partner. And uh he intentionally knocks Knocks over and not doesn't knock over Exley, but he's carrying something. Exley's carrying him to drop his stuff up to his new office and he knocks it out. Yeah, of yeah. Um, and there are all the other officers there, all the other detectives kind of laugh at him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Exley is there at the station. They gets the call uh, for the night out coffee shop. Yeah, everyone else is like taking off, mm -hmm. they kind of giving him the stink eye and leaving mm -hmm. him alone. Yeah, uh, and then he gets the call for the night out. Yeah. And uh, uh, he walks in, uh, you know, he walks, he walks in, he sees, uh, you know, blood everywhere and uh, walks into the bathroom and there's a, uh, I didn't count it, it's like maybe like seven bodies or something there. The, the front end, there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. He's walking through, over the counter is, what looks like the cook, uh, dead, mm -hmm. shot. There's a blood stain or splotch on the wall and then drag mark mm -hmm. next to where that seat was right and he's following the drag marks down the back hall down a back room into a doorway opens up into on um, the back freeze or whatever and there are a pile of bodies yeah seven yeah. eight nine ten who knows how many but they're just piled like someone has taken their time yeah to either kill them and drag them back there or drag them or get them all back there and just shoot them yeah and also you don't know as he's he's following this trail of blood as far as you know, there's some, still somebody back there with a gun. There could be someone in there. You don't know. Right. Is this someone Is this someone being dragged along? Is this mm -hmm. someone dragging the foot or whatever? And they're still back there. Is someone alive? What's going on? Mm -hmm. How many people are here? He doesn't know mm -hmm. until he opens that door and all that pile of dead people are there. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, um, you know, calls it in. And, uh, you know, one of the victims we find out is Dick Stensland. Yes. Um, Who's uh, by White's former uh, partner? Yeah. Um, and uh, I see with the uh, 
one of the uh, at the I think it was, I can't remember what it was, but one of the I think at the hospital maybe or something. Someone, but orderly. I hear you hear an orderly saying, "When I first saw her, I thought it was Rita Hayworth," and the other guy says, "Yeah, me too." Which at that time you have no idea what they're talking about. Yes, but it's an important thing, obviously. Yes, but that's just a background. You definitely hear it, but it's a background thing at that. And point. Bud wants you looking for his partner's ex partner's body, and you see. Oh like right, a few, right, right. Few sheets, and then you find Dick Senza. Right, right. So now we know that Bud knows Dick is dead. Yeah, and he he wants to be involved with whatever happened with with his buddy. Right, right. And uh, you get to the scene where the mother is there to ID her daughter, and I love this woman's character. She's just. So odd and just she's uh, odd, but she's straightforward and, and right. she talks in a really odd cadence. Yeah, but it makes her stand out. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and they're they're you know her daughter, and they think at least her daughter's are laying on her idea, and it's like I think that's her. She she's supposed to be blind. She was a blind, right? And then you know, and at that point, you're just thinking, well, she dyed her hair, who cares? But more stuff happened, but you also realize this is the girl that was in the back seat of the car. Yes, let's all with yeah. the bandages over her nose, right? Right, and uh, you know, she asked, like, yeah, when you um, um, yeah, she has a birthmark on her on her uh, on her hip, they pull the blanket down, and that's her, but you know, there's a reason why the mother didn't absolutely recognize her, and we don't know what that is yet, but it's definitely uh, part of the story for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, they're trying to, uh, Dudley Smith is talking to everyone. You know, he has the lead on the, uh, he, the lead on the crime. He says, uh, uh, three Negro juveniles were seen shooting guns in Griffith Park. So, you know, basically we think, uh, that's what, you know. And they were driving this type of car and right. this type of car was seen near the night owl. Right. So they were killed with shotguns. Mm -hmm. We think this is a viable lead. Let's follow it up. Mm -hmm. Hit the streets. Shake it out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bud White goes to see Pierce Patchett um, and uh, just talk to him about uh, what's going on because of, of the girl that died, you know, because it was the girl in the car. Um, and, he, and he says, basically, you know, I could definitely give you a handsome reward if you find out it is. That's a terrible thing. And uh, but isn't this also the scene where we find out that the girls are made to look like movie stars? I can't remember if it is yet or not. I think so. I can't remember actually. Um, but uh, the Bud Light goes to see Lynn, um, and uh, she's with a uh, client who we find out you know she's a prostitute, yeah. and with a client who. Um, basically, Bud White gets there and says, LAPD, shipper, get out of here, or I'll call your wife to come get you. And uh, and the guy's like, first, he doesn't, he's not going to go, but then he gets his clothes. And walking out, he says, officer, and, and Bud White says, councilman. Councilman, yeah. So he, he recognized <laughs> He knew he was, yeah. Yeah, not just, not just, it, if it was just a normal scene where, of course, it's a married guy. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get you in trouble. It, it's all because like, I know who this guy it's is. It's all played and like a scene where he's just a cop telling this right. guy to get out of the house. Right, right. And then you realize that he knows who he is. Yeah, he's a councilman. Mm -hmm. He's probably higher up on the food chain. Man. The way he talks to him is, no, you're in the wrong place, the wrong time. Get lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, 
uh, Exley and Vincennes uh, go to see the boxer. Um, Vincennes has his own uh, idea of where to look and who to ask. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else is following specific leads and going specific territories. Uh, Vincennes and Exley go a different direction. Right. He well he he know yeah he knows he thinks he knows where he can a way to find the car the vehicle they're talking about. Uh, so he goes to this guy who's who's actually hitting the speed bag on his porch, you know, working out. And, uh, you know, they ask him to, you know, name the name. And uh, he's like, you know, are you trying to get me a snitch rap or something like that? He's like, yeah, but your uh, brother, you know, we can knock 10 years off a sentence. And uh, he actually plays along with him. And he's totally full of shit. Up to this point, Exley is a Boy Scout, 100% by the rules. Yeah. But he goes along with Jack and is bullshit where he's lying yeah. to this guy and uh the guy says you know he likes this guy likes killing dogs you know basically knows what car they're talking about and they like to shoot off guns and uh he says so, so i'll hear for you right about my brother and uh jack says keep the left up keep the left up you know <laughs> he totally fucks him over and gets the information out of him um now one of the cops here um one of the cops that helps out with the uh, exley um, is a cop from uh, uh, is a cop from uh, the movie Joyride. Plays the uh, uh, the cop at the beginning that uh, with with like prominently teeth, where he's chewing on a toothpick. And uh, what they did to him wasn't very comely. Um, and uh, I've seen him in a few other things, but he plays the cop here. He helps um, helps Exley here. Uh, he goes in with Exley. Uh, to this house, they bust down the door uh, to arrest them and interrogate them, and uh, basically arrest the guys and get them to go into the uh, office. And we'll be back right after this. Do you remember Buzz Meeks, Dudley? A disgrace as a police officer. Straight D fitness reports from every CEO he ever served under. What about him? Twelve years ago, he was on a vice rouse with Dick Stensland. They questioned Pierce Patchett about a, a blackmail scam. Patchett had Sid Hudgens photographing prominent businessmen with hookers. <laughs> anyway, charges were dropped, insufficient evidence. You were the supervising officer on that case, and I was wondering if you remember anything about it. What's this all about, Goyo? Part of it has to do with a murder. I've been working with Ed Exley on it. You're a narco, Jack, not homicide. Since when do you work with Edmund Exley? Well, it's a private investigation. Uh, I messed something up. I'm trying to make amends. Don't start trying to do the right thing, Boyo. You haven't had the practice? Buzz Meeks and Dick Stenson. <laughs> so, uh... What does Exley make of all this? No, I haven't told him yet. I just came straight from the record table.
we are back here on the podcast talking about LA Confidential. Um, last episode, we did Austin Powers, um, the Spy of Shagme, and we had a new record for Rotten Tomatoes of low, 52. Uh, now we have an, a new record for a high, 99. 99. 99 wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. We've had we've definitely had a couple 98s and uh, several like 95, 96, 97s. This is a 20, almost 30 year old movie. Yeah, 1997, so 24 years old. Yeah, 99 on Rock Tomatoes. Wow. That's pretty incredible. That's very incredible. There's not many. There's, they're just, I mean, there's a lot of movies that won the Oscar for Best Picture that are not 99. Like most of them are not 99. Like almost all of them actually are not, not even 99 yeah. or 100. So, yeah, this is, this is a pretty great one. And, Critics, yeah, definitely. You can tell why. It's also, you know, regards to critics, it's mm-hmm. a, a bit of a Hollywood meta movie. Yes, you know, about making TV shows right. and Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of how Hollywood came to be the way that it is. Right. Storyline, the background right. of this. So you can see where a lot of people will be looking at that for. Yeah, that helps. Stuff. That helps when you're you're talking about yeah. not saying glamorizing it, but you're. You're talking about Hollywood. It's a, it's a, it helps for sure. Um, uh, budget on this movie: thirty-five million dollars. Uh, box office: one hundred twenty-six million dollars. Nice little bump. Mm-hmm. Adjusted: uh, two hundred six million dollars. So you know, for this type of movie, a you know, a quality drama movie, that's that's good box office. I didn't. I, I certainly knew it wasn't a like a massive hit or anything like that. Um, this movie, uh, the AFI, uh, the top 400 nominated movies, um, uh, it was, um, it was on the, uh, the most recent one, um, the 2007 list, the original list, 1998, it was not eligible for it because it's too recent. 96 was the the last year, the cutoff year for that original list. So it was not, uh, you know, for example, Titanic came out the same year as LA Confidential. It was not uh, nominated, so uh, it could. I mean, it just wasn't eligible. Nominated, although it probably would have been on the yeah. list. Um, and um, the IMDb list, uh, 124th of all time on the IMDb list. Wow. Um, and uh, Oscar wins uh, for Basinger and the screenplay. Um, Oscar nomination. Now she's a supporting actress, of course. Oscar nominations for picture, director, cinematography, art direction, sound, editing, and music. Uh, Golden Globe win for Basinger. Uh, nominations for picture, director, screenplay, and score. And a SAG win for uh, Basinger. Wow. And uh, the movie came out uh, 19, September 19th, 1997. Do you remember when you first saw the movie? No. I actually don't yeah. remember when I first saw it. I yeah. don't know if I did I see it in theaters, I see it on cable. Um, it's just always kind of been kind of back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think it went on the theaters, mm-hmm. um, just because of the type of movie it was. Mm-hmm. But same time, the leads weren't people I knew at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a few of the people in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a period piece. Uh, I remember, I probably didn't go see it in the theater. Okay, I don't remember when I first saw it. Yeah. I definitely saw it in theaters. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I saw. I mean, you know, Kevin Spacey was in it, just based on the fact that I loved Usual Suspects, and you know, Dane DeVito's in it too. And okay, Kim Basinger. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I definitely saw it in theaters, and 
I definitely loved it uh, the first time I saw it. It's a it's a good one. <laughs> it's uh, I mean I knew it was knew it was great the first time I saw it and you know still loved it. Um, so um, we're going to talk about uh, the director Curtis Hanson. Yes, Curtis Hanson. Um, who died in uh, 2016. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, some of his big movies. Um, I, I, I put down uh, Hand Hand of Rocks a Cradle with Matt McCoy. Oh right, right. It's true. Um, the River Wild. With uh, David Strathairn. Okay. Uh, Wonder Boys. With uh, nobody in the movie I can remember. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it, it was uh, Michael Douglas and... Uh, Toby. Toby. Yeah. Um, Toby Wong, Toby Fong. No, not that Toby, right? Toby McGuire. Um, Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Yeah. The uh, Eminem story. Yeah, which I finally watched uh, about two years ago. It's a good movie. Um, like it? Yeah. Yeah. Also on here is Lucky You with uh, Eric Bana and uh, Drew Barrymore. Okay. Uh, movie guys saw on. Mm-hmm. I like that movie. Eight Mile I liked. Uh, Wonder Boys I liked. LA Confidential I liked. Mm-hmm. For a while, Hand of the Cradle was one of those. Uh, that was one of those movies that was enormous. Ones, right? Yes. And it was kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Like, oh, yeah. I really shouldn't like this, but it's Rebecca DeMornay yeah. really chewed it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked it. But I actually saw. Bad influence in, mm-hmm. in theaters with James Spader and Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Bedroom Window in the theaters with uh, Steve Gutenberg and, uh, mm-hmm. and the girl, and then losing it. One of the early yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. movies with Shelley Long and uh, Jack. Was that, his first, was that his first movie? One of his first, if not the first, yeah. uh, for him. And there's a movie that he wrote uh, in the late 70s called Silent Partner of Ellie Gould and Christopher Plummer, which mm-hmm. I remember discovering on cable and thought it was awesome. Really? Um, Ellie Gould plays a, uh, a bank. Uh, employee who uh a robbery happens and he helped himself to a bunch of money and then reports the robbery as much more except christopher Plummer's characters knows how much money was taken and too much reported and hmm. and he becomes his silent partner and he becomes huh. a cat and mouse game sounds good it was good hmm. it's still out there too oh also he did uh too big to fail which i liked a lot uh too big to fail was uh and that was like 2015 a bunch well, of people they- in it Oh, so, was it the stock market or Enron? It was the, I think it was the housing thing, right? Housing crisis, two thousand eight. Yeah, TV movie. Was it on uh, HBO or? What? Uh, it was a, it was a theatrical movie. Um, it was a theatrical movie. It had Christian Bale, I think, and I can't remember. Financial meltdown. Yeah. Centering on Henry Paulson. Yeah, it was, it was good. Anyway, I know it had a lot of good people in it. Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of good movies. Um. You know, he did. I didn't even put it down here, but he did. Did he do Memento? He did, didn't he? Memento? Yeah. No, no, that was uh, Nolan. Oh, yeah, of course. I knew that. I knew that. He didn't write. No, he didn't write her. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, I've already mentioned the tagline, which is the uh, Sid thing from uh, yes. Hush Hush magazine. And uh, the, um, I don't know, the Steve Park Award on this movie. Um, I'd, I'd say uh, James Cromwell. I love James Cromwell. such a big card. They're not, not really walking. That's true. That's true. Um, you think the Steve Parker would go to someone much smaller in the cast. Yeah. Uh, I, bet, I think the mother of the victim, because she's so great, whoever she is. Especially if she was in a lot of other things. Yeah, she probably was. Yeah, she does a great job of being just odd. Yeah, odd just weird. It brings, uh, you pay attention to what she's saying and the way she's saying it. Like, so it, it delivers that that point of view yeah. for, for them. Yeah. 
Because um, he's important a little bit later on in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Bechdel test on this. Um, so we've got uh, Kim Basie's character. Uh, yeah. Does she actually talk to the girl with the, no the nose? Uh, did the they're, they're in the scene, but in the right. on, but they don't really talk directly to each other. Mm -hmm. um, there's the mom of her who doesn't right. really talk to anyone but the guy. Right. I don't think this passes the yeah. test. It's the guy's testosterone yeah. movie. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, no back to all yeah. on this one. Um, time to get back to talking about the movie. We just mentioned, uh, we start to mention when they brought the guys in. Uh, arrested the, uh, the the three black guys. Basically, they're they're deadly pointing them in the direction of these are probably the guys that did it. Um, yes, and actually, um, uh, and Vincennes were following their own trail while mm -hmm. uh, all the regular detectives were following the official trails. Mm -hmm. And actually, and Vincennes get to the house with the car, mm -hmm. and they go into the garage, and they almost get their heads blown off by a couple of the cops who are already there. They've already yeah. found the yeah. place. Yeah, and hey, look, this is the car, and look, they've got the shotguns in the back, and mm -hmm. they must be upstairs. Let's go get them. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually leads the way mm -hmm. into the house, and they knock the door open, and uh, he prevents one of the cops from just blowing someone away by knocking the shotgun out, and they they capture everybody mm -hmm. uh, right then, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, and then they get the guys back to the police station, and. Uh, uh, They've got him in three different uh, rooms while the cops are watching from the outside. And Exley's going to interrogate him. And, uh, you know, the first guy he talks to, and he's got the little switch under the table where he can he, he, turn the he, speaker on. He builds him up to saying something and he turns the speaker on just the right time for one of the guys and the other right. holding to hear every place to hear him say something bad about him. Right, right. And then it goes back and forth between the three of them, trying to get them all to confess by hearing the other guys. Right. Confessing, right? I'm doing air quotes, by the way. I'm yeah, doing, I'm doing Doctor Evil air quotes. Yeah, uh, yeah. When in fact he's uh, manipulating what they're hearing. Yeah, uh, to get a confession, which uh, is skirting the line of what he said he would or wouldn't do. Yeah, but, true. Uh, true. Um, he's, he's he's effective because yeah. not, does, not only does he get them to start talking about each other, but he becomes to realize they're talking about a different crime. Yes. Than what they're there for. Yes. Well, some of the things he said here, he's talking to the one guy. He's like, uh, you're you're 22, right? He's like, why do you keep asking me about my age? Yeah, I'm 22. He's like, well, 22 makes it a gas chamber charge. And uh, and he basically, the same guy, he's like, I heard I heard when you're up in some other prison, I heard you're, uh, you went sissy up there. He told me you went sissy. And he said, hey, I don't trek with sissies. He's like, well, Lewis told me you went sissy up at Casitas. And, uh, and, uh, he also says, where do you get the drugs? Turns the speaker on, and he names names the, the drug dealer or whatever, where they get their drugs from. And says that the other guy who's listening in now right. was the one that uh, turned himself upside down. Yeah. Protect himself. Yeah. And uh, before he, he walks out, he's like, you know, Ray, I'm talking about the gas chamber, and you haven't even asked me what this is about. you got a big guilty sound around your neck. That's a, that's a great line. That's absolutely, that's good writing. That's, a way, that's absolutely true. Um, and uh, he talks to the younger kid, and uh, who's one that's very scared. And uh, he basically says, "You know, I just wanted to lose my cherry. She don't die, so I don't die." And uh, and that's where he realizes a really odd thing. Right. right. So he said it two or three times in a right. row, and actually realizes something else is going on here. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, he's talking about what girl are you talking about? And uh, and the kid says, I think she's alive. I'm like you think? This is where Bud White's listening in. He breaks a chair with his hand. He's got his hand over a chair, and he's gripping it so hard that he breaks the chair <laughs> apart. And uh, Bud runs in there with a gun in his, puts a gun in his mouth, and says, Where is she? Where is she? Oh, uh, he didn't. He, before he does that, he, he literally empties nearly all the bullets. He oh, says, right, right. He says, uh, you know, Russian roulette, mm -hmm. one in six chance, mm -hmm. and he. He says, where she pulls the trigger and pulls the trigger a couple times before the guy starts talking. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bud White goes into this house. He gives him the address. Bud White goes in the house by himself quietly. And he sees the woman tied down naked uh, on the bed. And she, with her eyes, she points to the other room, like where he is. And uh, the guy's in there, basically in his T-shirt and underwear, watching cartoons, eating cereal, and laughing at the cartoons. And... Uh, Bud basically just opened fires on him, shoots him right in the chest. And then he takes a gun, puts it in the guy's hand, and fires a gun into the to the wall. So it looked like that he was it was self-defense. Um and uh uh actually and the other cop uh um are at the, another place and uh the uh with the other guys and uh, he gets a, you know basically they said don't shoot, don't shoot, and someone knocks a beer bottle off. And it pops. Well, uh, what happened was, uh, mm -hmm. before we get to that part, mm -hmm. um, they get back to the station, and Miracle of Miracles, three black kids have escaped through a window. Yeah. You know, they're in the middle of police custody for this big jack yeah. and they all escape through a window. Yeah. And uh, they hunt them down, and they, they get to the place where they're at. Uh -huh. And then it's very tense. Stand up. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? A kid knocks a bottle off. The table, it yeah. explodes, and gunshots in. Yeah. So, do you think they let them? Absolutely. They, it was to hunt them down. So they them. know. Well, and to know where the drug dealer was, maybe too, or no, because they already had a name. They'd already gotten the name for the drug dealer. That's true. Him. Okay. So I think it was to they escape. We get to hunt them down and kill them. Oh, okay. Because the whole point was to, as we know in the storyline, yeah, blame everything on them, mm -hmm. kill them all, bury it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they were brought in alive by Exley mm -hmm. kind of screwed that up. Mm -hmm. So now they had to manufacture another way to get them. Okay. Okay. Because uh, for the bad guys, the real bad guys in this show, mm -hmm. uh, they needed their scapegoats. And if they don't get them one way, they'll get them another way. Yeah. yeah. And it is the same, you know, police precinct where they uh, beat up all the Mexican guys down in the basement. They mm -hmm. were so angry at them. But yet here's this. When these three kids just escape out a window? No, no. They yeah, were, they were put in a room with an open window. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, and this is the scene where uh, actually shoots shoots to the elevator. The one yes. guy that did escape. Yes, and this is the scene I was mentioning yeah. earlier, where because of the glasses, had they shown it, opened the elevator up, because he basically ran down the elevator, stuck his shotgun in, pulled the trigger, mm -hmm. and then the, it opened up, and you just saw his face and his horror that he killed this guy. But if they'd just done a reverse and it wasn't the guy he was chasing, but someone else that got shot, that would have been an uh, incredibly, incredibly good twist. Yeah, yeah. And this is where he yeah, actually goes back into the space station and everyone's proud of him, calling him Shotgun Ed. He's got blood all over his uh, shirt and everything. Um, and you get actually with the uh, receives a medal at that little ceremony. And, uh, and uh, next you see. Um, the councilman uh, dressed up, you know, at the city hall or whatever, um, and uh, Patchett uh, 
He's blackmailing him. You see yes. him, the guy hands him pictures, naked pictures. Yeah. See, just before this, he gets handed the thing and naked pictures of him with uh, Lynn. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, uh, he's talking about his vote and how he's changing his vote. I'm right. Sure well, and he opens up the, the microphone. He opens up like you, you're led to believe that he's going to, it sounds like he's going to admit the sexual thing. Like, it's not hard for someone to admit they've done something wrong or something. And that he just says, but I want to change my vote. Like, yeah. you, you know, they're, they're leading you to believe he's going to admit to that, but he doesn't. He, he's just saying, I'm going to change my vote. Um, and, uh, and then uh, Bud goes to see uh, Lynn. This is where he like basically starts an affair with her or whatever. Um, and uh, uh, Sid is talking to Jack and, uh, says the he says the da is a swish and uh which you know back then meant you're gay he's a swish and um and he's talking about i can't remember his name but it was ron liebman is that his name uh he's one of the riffin, uh, riffin. Ron oh riffin. riffin i get yeah. their names mixed. yeah ron riffin yeah um and uh you know you find out that matt is fucking uh which is um simon baker's character yeah he's fucking him uh to basically blackmail him or whatever or do something like yeah. that and uh, Jack asked Sid about uh, Pierce Patchett, and I like this. And Sid, you know, Sid says uh, Patchett is what I call Twilight. He ain't queer and he ain't red. You cannot help me. Which back then, you know, if they're communist or they're gay, those yeah, that's what that was headlines. Yeah, you know, back in the yeah. And it's interesting the way once the story develops and you realize who's who and what's what. If you look back at Sid's language regarding him and the way he presents himself and just drops stuff one way or another is it's he really was skating down the middle for everybody mm -hmm. and he was the one most likely to wind up the way he wound up mm -hmm. um, stupid guy yeah yeah um and i see you see here um uh someone is outside the pantages there which we've already mentioned because yes. that was in ed wood well, was the frolic room was right next door and it was a place where they were meeting for this and the other yeah and it was uh uh, Jack comes out one of his hanging places, and this is where he left the fifty dollar bill that he got from Sid. There, yeah, he's like, you know what? I can't. He realizes in his head he can't let the kid, right? Uh, that's Baker's actually, yeah, that's Simon what, Baker's character right. go through with it. So he's going to go to the hotel and prevent him from you know, uh, like an hour beforehand. He's mm -hmm. going to get there, prevent him from yeah. getting involved again. Yeah, on the on the in the newspaper with Hush Hush. Right. This is where Jack just gets a conscious yeah conscious um he and he, 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 gets he leaves the 50 dollar bill as a tip and he can't he doesn't want it you know and which in today's money is like 500 bucks yeah just, uh, that's a pretty big that's a pretty good tip 50 bucks back then is big so 100 bucks the 10 dollars actually turned yeah. down was like 100 bucks today oh yeah yeah just for being on, on the desk at that time oh yeah yeah um yeah um and he gets yeah, where he goes to stop matt and uh, he gets to the hotel room and he's dead yeah, knocks on the door, the door opens, mm -hmm. walks inside, and there's Simon Baker scared to Matt mm -hmm. through a cut on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And um and you see uh you know, Exley is uh next, uh Exley is helping the Mexican woman, you know, and she's in a wheelchair pushing her out of the hospital. And uh he asked her about it and she's like, She doesn't remember what happened. She meant she did what she had to do for justice. Like Yeah, and he asked her about the when they left because uh they could have committed the crime because they were with her up to a certain point mm -hmm. and then left. And she said, I don't really remember. 
when they left. Right. And by Silva had to say, forgive justice for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when he realizes that the kids were probably set up. Yeah. Either by happenstance or some other nefarious way. Yeah. Yeah. She basically is like, you know, why, no one's going to care about a Mexican woman, you know, doing this. I did. I basically just lied. I said whatever I needed to say. And unfortunately, uh, I guess the producers felt the same way because in the book, this character was one of the main characters and was the girl that Exley and Bud White were really fighting over in the book. They, hmm. That was the triangle love interest there. Hmm. Uh, you know, protect the woman, you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas in, for the movie, Kim Basinger's character uh, became the, the female focus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they uh, couldn't film everything in the movie, so they had to pair stuff. Down. Yeah. So have you read the book? Uh, I've read about the book for this oh, movie. Okay. And yeah. uh, the name of the author sounds familiar, yeah. but I don't know anything. Is the read. book title the same? Ellie Confidential. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the guy has written uh, like a, a four series of books about LA across decades. Yeah. Um, all dealing with uh, the way LA was yeah. built and all stuff, similar to the way Robert Towns movies. Um, did the same thing with Chinatown, yeah, Tequila Sunrise, and the Two Jakes. Well, um, I haven't listened to them recently, but uh, one of my favorite podcasts, The Doll, did episodes, did a four-part episode about the LAPD, and I know that they mentioned, you know, LA Confidential, how, you know, how a lot of this stuff takes place. I can remember now a lot of the corruption. Yeah, a lot of the things, like the the Christmas Massacre, there was a Christmas Massacre. It yeah. wasn't exactly that, but it was very yeah. similar. They they, yeah. they borrowed and used a lot of things yeah. to go into the book. Uh, and even, in fact, the very end of the movie, I'm going to jump here. Mm-hmm. Um, the officer that, that taps actually on the uh, on the shoulder and says, hey, good job, whatever. The very mm-hmm. end of the movie, that's Joe Gates. Really? Yes. A little bit part. Really? So everything mm-hmm. moves around and comes around. And we're talking about the, the chief of police. Uh, he's only called uh, chief of police in here, but uh, the chief of police at the time was a guy named Parker, mm-hmm. who's got a number of different buildings. But they were talking about uh, building a new police station. Mm-hmm. It was named after Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker was also the liaison to Dragnet. He was the guy that was oh, okay. consulted to the show. So this was a very well thought of guy mm-hmm. on the police force. He cleaned up the force in the 50s, got rid of all the corruption. Uh, of course, the focus here isn't on that character. It's on actually in bud and so on yeah yeah okay. so a lot of meta stuff going back and forth with this movie okay yeah um and uh uh next we have uh bud talking to lynn uh telling a story about his father and his mother and uh how he uh, his father tied him to the radiator and basically made him watch yeah. and beat his mother and uh they said they never found the old man like he disappeared. that that scene it's like there was something missing there and I got the impression, maybe just me, that what Bud was really saying when he said they never found him was, but I found him. You oh, know, you know what? I found him, and they're never going to find him. Okay. So he just says, yeah, they never found him. You know, one of those sly, I did what had to be done type of things, which is a lot of characters are saying things yeah. like that. I never thought about that, but that makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense for him. Because unless he comes back into the later in the movie, then it makes no sense for him to just disappear and not well, well, he was never the dad was never in the movie but it's supposed to explain right, right. i'm saying he wasn't but i'm saying maybe uh, he would, yeah you know yeah uh, it explains why oh. bud is is very hyped up over women getting beat up by men right because right. his mom Definitely. and what he watched he watched his mom get beat to death by his dad mm-hmm. but the line of they never found him just made me think man bud found him 
Oh, okay. And no one's ever going to find it. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I believe that now. But yeah. I never and I wouldn't be surprised if in the movie, in the book, that is what's described as yeah. you know, yeah. no one ever found him, but I did. Okay. And now no one will ever find him. Something okay. Like, something along those lines. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, and Bud is talking about what's going on. He's like, I, you know, I can't prove what I can't prove it. I'm not smart enough. I'm just the guy they bring in to scare the other guy shitless. Yeah, it's a pretty good line. And uh, um, uh, Bud talks to the uh, evidence room guy uh, about what's going on, and uh, and uh, goes to see Susan Lefford's mom. Yes, and uh, she's got the room blocked off. Yeah, it's like don't go in. You know, it's a terrible smell. I think a rat died. Yeah. And Bud goes under the uh, goes under the uh, house and uh, finds the body of Meeks. He can only tell because he gets his wallet. And uh, that he comes out and uh, you know uh, she says, "Was it a rat?" He's like, "Yeah, great big one." And uh, she also you know, questions her about going on because you know my daughter was here with her boyfriend and they're arguing right. the man yeah. outside. Because who's a boyfriend? Who's a big guy? And he pulls out a picture of Stinson and shows her, "Yeah, that's him. That's my daughter's boyfriend, Stinson, yeah. his yeah. old partner." Who, right. Right. when they met the girl in the car with the with the mm. nose job, right. Stinson didn't say nothing. Yeah, but apparently he knew Buzz. Right, he, he knew, knew Buzz, the girl. Yeah. yeah, and Bud didn't know any of this. Right, right. Um, and um, the uh, the evidence guy. Um, He's talking to, uh, I think, Jack at this point. Um, yeah, he's talking to Jack, and uh, he's like uh, about Matt, Simon Baker's character. Is like, you know, what they found in his stomach. Uh, he said, Frank, Frankfurter, French fries, alcohol, and sperm, hell of a last meal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, he's like, why are y'all guys talking about this? And Jack says, what are you talking, you know, what are you talking about? Bud White asked about this, this case this morning. Save Jack realizes Bud White is uh, trying to figure out what's going on too, and uh, on the trail. Yeah, and actually uh, uh, asks Jack, uh, "Do you make the three Negroes for the night out killing?" And uh, he's like, "No, not really." He's like, "Why do you want to go digging?" And he's and this is where actually uh, says, uh, uh, "Rollo Tomasi." And Jack says, "Who is that?" It's like purse snatcher. Shot my father six times. Like never knew who he was, right. so I made up a name, name to right? Put a, a name to the nameless face, right? It's the guy who always gets away, right? He's the guy I'm after, right? That's why I'm a cop now. I want right. to get the guy who always gets away, yeah. And uh, and uh, he asked Jack, Why did you become a cop? and he says, I, I don't remember, which is a good, not good line, yeah. I don't remember. Um, because up in this, in most of this movie, Jack is just a smarmy, you know, whatever guy. Coasting on what he's done in the past. You'd probably rather be an actor than a cop. Yes. Yeah. And uh, basically, they, they Jack and Exy say, you help me with my case, I'll help him with yours. And actually, this is where Jack kind of changed a little bit. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, like in the book, mm -hmm. again, the I don't remember line is really, yeah, I remember now. And it kickstarts him into digging deeper and being more on the low. Integrity. Cop. Have yeah. some integrity. Yeah. And try to do your job, yeah. Which gets him further into the story. Yeah, and uh, here's where Bud uh, goes to uh, visit uh, the uh, the mobster, who's uh, I guess make one of Mickey Cohen's Stompanata. Johnny Stompanata. Yeah. What a great, oh, a real name, real name. Real name. Oh, is it? Yes, real guy, real name. Okay. Um, and and later on was the, was it Lana Turner? Yeah. Um, 
really hated him. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. What a great name, uh, Johnny Stompanato. Yeah. And uh, Bud White basically just grabs his balls and is like pulling on him. It's like, what you know? What do I, you know, what do I get if I give you back your ball, your balls back, you wop cocksucker? <laughs> to give him the information he needs um, about Stenslin and Meeks and, and heroin and and well, Stampano gives up the thing that Meeks apparently had a bunch of heroin to sell. Mm -hmm. He was looking to unload it somewhere, mm -hmm. and this goes back to the scenes earlier where Devito was doing the voiceover with the gangsters getting killed. Mm -hmm. uh, the two guys in the car, and you didn't mention that there was another scene with the uh, two guys in a house, and, and mm -hmm. one looks up up the, the the sliding back window, and there's two guys across from the pool, and suddenly they're shooting into the house, mm -hmm. and they fall over dead, and mm -hmm. there's a big case of what looks like maybe heroin. Someone closes it, takes it away. Yeah. So someone's not just killing monsters, they're taking stuff from them. Yeah. And that case of, of heroin now comes back around to Meeks had a heroin to sell? Where'd he get it? Now we know okay. he was involved with the killing. Yeah. And since we now hit Meeks with Stenslin, it comes up that maybe the guys killing all these monsters were Meeks and Stenslin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, uh, pretty you, you slowly you yeah. get all the stuff that the bad stuff happens up front, and then you sort of reveal what's going on with who and how and why. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be back right after this. I ain't got shit to say till I see a judge. Were you on hop? You guys were all passed out when we arrested you. Were you hopped up, Ray? I and Lewis fuck with that shit, man. Not me. Where do they get their stuff? Come on. Give me one to feed the DA. It'll make me look good. And I'll say Sugar Ray's not a punk like his sissy partners. All right, Raymond. Tell me one more thing about Jones and Fontaine. Where do they get their drugs? Roland Navarrete. He runs a hole up on Bunker Hill. And he sells red devils. Actually, it's good. I'll give him that. I'm going to take a break. You know, Ray, I'm talking about the gas chamber, and you haven't even asked me what this is about. You got a big guilty sign around your neck. That was masterful, Edmund. This one's ready to go. Give Jones the newspaper. I want him primed. I'll take the cuffs off so he can read it. Ray Collins just ratted you off. Said the night owl was your idea. I think it was Ray's idea. You talk, I think I can save your life. Son, six people are dead, and someone has to pay for it. Now it can be you, or it can be Ray. Lewis, he called you queer. Said at Casitas you took it up the ass. I didn't kill nobody! Son, you know what's going to happen to you if you don't talk. You'll go to the gas chamber, so for God's sake, admit what you did. I didn't mean to hurt her. Maybe she's okay. Okay? Well, these people are all in the morgue. They were dead when you left them. I just wanted to lose my cherry. She don't die, so I don't die. She don't die, so I don't die. Lewis, who's the girl? What's her name? Who are you talking about? 
Was she at the night out? <laughs> Lewis, listen to me. Was she at the night out? <laughs> this newspaper shit ain't shit. Where's the girl Fontaine's talking about? Did you kill her? You wanted Lewis to lose his cherry, but that wasn't enough. So things got out of hand and you made her bleed. She bled on your clothes, so you burned the clothes. I told you that! Now listen to me. If that girl is still alive, she's the only chance you've got. I think she's alive. You think? Then where is she now? To leave her someplace? To sell her out? <laughs> Tell me where she is. Move! <laughs> White? Line six! Where's the girl? White, I have this under control. Put the weapon where down! Is the girl! We are back on the podcast talking about LA Confidential, and it's time to play the trivia games we play here every week. Uh, Lately, we've been doing Weird Algorithm, uh, where you take the IMDb app, and you, instead of looking at the credit order, you look at the order of popularity for a movie, and it will fluctuate uh, wildly based on current projects that people are involved in. Doesn't matter if you're the star of the movie or had one line. Uh, if you have a current project, you might be number one. Yep. And and uh, we're gonna ask each other a movie. And uh, what movie did you like to go first? Ask me one first. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. Also, want to ask you to make sure this is a legitimate movie. You I want to do uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was recut and all and put out on HBO, right. but didn't right. really come in the theaters. Didn't it be fine? Got all those big name stars in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna run down the list of. People yeah, I mean, know. I know several of them. You may have seen many, many parts of the whatever. I've seen the original. Ben the Affleck is yeah. Batman. Yeah. Henry Cavill, Amy mm-hmm. Adams, Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller's Flash, William Dafoe, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, Connie Nielsen, J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, Sierra Hines, Steppenwolf, uh, Ryan Zhang is Ryan Choi. Uh, Amber Heard, Joe Morton, uh, Lisa Lovern Cumsley, uh, David Doulis, mm-hmm. and uh, Agbomo, and uh, other names that start to break down for me because mm-hmm. they're all uh, Icelandic. So there we go. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, credit order. And I'm going to resort this by popularity. Mm-hmm. Knock yourself out. All right. Um... Huh. Zack Snyder. Okay. Number one. Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, and Willem Dafoe. All righty. How you got Zack Snyder as number one, I will never know, but you got it. He was because I've been uncredited person in a coffee shop. Because I've been verbally abused by hearing about this fucking movie on the <laughs> internet nonstop, and I'm part of the HBO Match Facebook group, and people won't shut the fuck up about it for the last six weeks. Well, I'll, I will say that for the top five, you got one other up. One it other doesn't one. matter that he—I didn't even know if he was in the movie. I know uh, he, he cut the movie. 
and he directed the, at least the new version of the movie. People won't shut the fuck up and, about that. And shot scenes to uh, finish out his uh, view. Anyway, yeah. Number two, Amber Heard. Huh. Number three, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Four, Gal Gadot. Five, Connie Nielsen. Huh. Uh, Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck, Amy Adams, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Jared Leto. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't even on the list. He was so far down the list, Roger. Yeah. So uh, that. Uh, it's a good one to ask. I mean, I haven't watched the new version yet. I'm going to. I haven't seen it either. I mean, I, was, I never saw the original. I never saw. The I did. One. I did see it in theaters. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I think it was great, but I liked it. It was one of those I really wanted yeah. to see it, but then I didn't. And after a while, I just never fell into watching it. Yeah. And then when I heard this might be a possibility, I'm like, hmm, if there's an original one, then this one, which would I rather see? And when it became more concrete that he was going to recut and even reshoot some stuff, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait and see just this one version. Yeah. Instead of both versions. Yeah. And it just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very popular. I yeah. mean, and someone had a meme of, because uh, people were saying release the Snyderverse. Yeah. Someone had a, a meme of release the Hensonverse. <laughs> and had all the Muppets dressed as uh, the superheroes. Yes. Um, I liked, I mean, I like the original one. You know, it's, it's. I definitely prefer DC to Marvel anyway. So I think it was great. But, well, you know, the latest news I read was uh, at the time of this podcast was that uh, DC has shelved to their potential movies. One is uh, The New Gods, uh, based on the fourth world uh, with the Dark Seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is The Trench, mm-hmm. which was a follow-up from James Wan to Aquaman. He was going to do that in addition to Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. The Trench was about the deep sea creature monsters down there, some kind of odd movie, odd science fiction horror movie. Mm-hmm. But both of them have been put on hold, and the talk is that because these two movies were closely linked to the original Snyderverse type mm-hmm. characters they were building that mm-hmm. they're really moving further and further away from the cohesive universe. Mm-hmm. And they keep saying, you know, Marvel does its cohesive universe and we're kind of late to the game. We're going to be connected, but not cohesive. They're going to mm-hmm. find really good directors and writers, produce really good movies and maybe sequel follow-ups mm-hmm. and go from there, which mm-hmm. I actually like the idea of that. Yeah. For example, the Batman movies, you know, they had, uh, Tim Burton ones mm-hmm. to begin with way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, the Christopher Nolan ones with uh, mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Um, ben Affleck has been in the non-Batman Batman movies. Right, right. And they got Robert Pattinson coming up on yeah. another version of it. Right. And I kind of like the idea of give me a good director, give me a good writer, and tell me your stories about this character instead mm-hmm. of it being cohesive and must follow continuity and you must see all this stuff to understand so many things. Instead, you're going to get some interesting stories about characters we all know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And if things don't exactly line up one or another, don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so the movie I picked for you is Batman Returns. <laughs> How about that? Which that was the one with the the Bat the Cat and the Penguin. Uh, yes. So let's got yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, yeah. mm-hmm. the Bat, uh, Monica Keaton. There's mm-hmm. another villain in there, isn't there? Another villain? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Who does he play? Uh, Max Shrek. Max Shrek. Oh, He's like the evil industrial yeah. type. He took uh, sort of took Jack Palance's yeah. sort of type role from the first one. Um. Let me think about this. There's, there's also one name that you're not, that you know, I'm sure, but it's not, you're not gonna 
you know, Doug Jones plays Thin Clown. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Doug Jones. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, in, you know. I don't, on this side here, I've been watching uh, the Star Trek show, uh, Discovery. Mm -hmm. And they actually had an episode where they were in this altered reality kind of holodeck thing and they were viewed differently. Mm -hmm. So his alien creature suddenly became human and it was Doug Jones without all the people. Oh, really? Okay. So, got, so, the, so the people got to see Doug Jones and who he was, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was very good. Yeah. Although he still acted and moved like his alien uh, character. Mm -hmm. um, he, you got to see the human face that's under the makeup, which I thought was a really good, yeah. interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, and they, they changed all the other characters to be different aliens or different people as well, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, but on the side, uh, so um, some, some, other, some other names, is some it, other names in this movie. Is it Billy might... Williams in, the, in that one? Uh, he's in the first one. I don't think it, he's it, in the second is, one. Is Pat Hingle? The, Pat Hingle's still there. Is yeah, Richard Gordon. Um, yeah, and uh, Jan Hooks is in it. Uh, is it Michael Gall? Goff? Yeah, Alfred. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's in it. Um, Vincent Schiavelli is in it. Okay. Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Penguin's father. Um, oh, that's right. Because you know, his in the movie, Penguin, his pal Ruben's wife is the girl from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, okay. Yeah, his love interest or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's some there's some names in there. All right. So who do you think? All right. So we got the Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Paul Rubens. Uh, Billy D. Williams. No, Billy D. Williams isn't in. He's not in that one. No, apparently not, because he's nowhere in the top. Okay, thirty or whatever. So, all right. Yeah, I think maybe in the second one or the third one, but he was. Uh, well, he's Har definitely in the he first. He was Harvey one. Dent. He was in the first one for sure. He was. He, he played Harvey Dent, who would have turned it into right. Face. Right. Um. All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Michael Keaton. I'm going to go with Danny DeVito. I'm going to go with Paul Rubens, Michelle Pfeiffer, and. Uh, I don't know, Pat Angle. Okay. And number one is Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh. Number two is Michael Keaton. Okay. Number three is Doug Jones. Ah, you mentioned two. Yeah. Christopher Walken is four. Okay. Danny DeVito is five. Okay. And then you got Paul Rubens. Um, you got Branscombe Richmond. You got Sean Whalen. I, I know his face. Um, Vincent Schiavelli. Andrew Brinarski. Jan Hooks, Michael Gall. Jan Hooks from Brady Hunch? Yeah, SNL. Oh, Jan. Yeah. Oh, I get that mixed up. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan was a character. Um, Pat Hingle, uh, Stephen Brill, Anthony DeLongas, uh, Felix. A lot of uh, non-names after that. Yeah. But uh, this guy, um, I don't know how he got to this high, but this, this guy is a, is a face you recognize. Sean Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. He's in like everything. Yeah, he's I mean, he's a name I know anyway, or pick a face on it for sure. Yeah. So that was a good one to do. Batman Returns has a lot of DeVito made me think about it for sure to do it. So I believe it or not, when I picked uh Zack Snyder's Justice League, I actually like, you know what uh from LA Company, I picked Russell Crowe, went to his list of movies. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of scrolling through like he was in that. Oh, he's Jor El. That's right. Mm. He wouldn't be high on the list, more than likely. Right. Um, yeah. So. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so it's get back to talking about the uh, story here. Um, we have uh, um, Jack and Exley are spying on Bud and Lynn, and they're trying to. Bud and Lynn are having an affair, but they're trying to figure out why is Pierce Patchett like having Lynn sleep with Bud. They assume there's something nefarious, but yeah. they're just having an affair. Yeah, but they they think there's something going on there, some reason. Which, with good reason, because that's what oh, yeah. Pierce Badgett and his people do. Right. Um, unfortunately, Bud has fallen into the, well, mm-hmm. the wrong arms at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jack and Exley go to the restaurant, and this is uh, where they, Jack uh, Stompanato's there. And, yes. uh, and he's with uh, a woman, and uh, Exley says, a worker, and this is right after Exley found out about really yes. what it is. Yes. And he says a hooker to cut like look like Lana Turner is still a hooker, and and Jack's smiling says she is Lana Turner. Yes, <laughs> so so funny, so funny. I love that. And even when they get out to the car after, you know, um, Jack is laughing at him, and actually starts laughing too. You know, it's a pretty funny thing. Um, and uh, uh, Patrick calls. You just see Patrick calling, and Sid answers. That's all you see. Sid answers the phone when Patrick calls. You know, it's funny because uh, I was reminded at the, around this point in the movie that there's a lot of photography being used for blackmail. And there's from the very beginning is Sid, the photographer. And once again, it would call me a little bit by surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how come no one would put that together? All these mm-hmm. people being blackmailed with photography and there's Sid, the photographer in the middle mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then Exley goes to see uh, Lynn, and she's asking why she's fucking Bud White, basically. And, uh, you know, but uh, they are arguing, and basically it turns into uh, them having, you know, fucking. And uh, Sid is outside taking pictures. Yeah. And uh, uh, in this time, Jack goes to see Dudley. And uh, Jack is asking Dudley about Buzz Meeks. Yes. And, uh, and he's at Dudley's house. Yes. He says, he says, and Lily says, well, you're lucky for you waking me up in the middle of the night or stop right. by and my daughter, my, my wife and daughters aren't here. Aren't here. And, uh, and uh, Dudley asked, what is Exy made of all this? And Jack says, I haven't told him yet. And Dudley just turns around and shoots him bang, yeah. right to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, um, I guess it was unlucky for, for Jack to right. have the family gone. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, as Jack is dying, uh, Dudley says, "Have you a valediction, boyo?" And uh, and Jack just smiles at him and says, "Rollo Tomasi," and he's laughing as he dies. And this, it's not well. It is. It's. I don't know if it's a twist, but it's clever. It's extremely clever. The whole him passing on this message. Yes. There's nobody in the world. That knows who Rolo Tomasi is, yes. that name, other than, you know, Exley. Jack. Or actually knows yeah. Jack is the only one in the yeah. world that knows who, that passing that thing on. And the only people that know that Rolo is a fictional name are right. Exley and Jack. Yes, yes. This, that whole, that, the cleverness of that is, should be as famous as the whole Kaiser Soze thing, the twist. At the end, that should be. It, this should be as famous. It's not. It's not as famous as Rolo Tomas. Right. 
that whole thing. Um, yeah. So, um, and uh, so uh, Jack is dead, and uh, you know, you see Dudley um, having a little uh, meeting saying Jack Vincennes was died. His body was found in uh, Echo Park, although most likely the body was moved. Um, and, uh, you know, we, did, we need to find out who did this. And uh, everyone is, all the cops are, you know, scattered after the meeting. Although I got to stop right here and say, like, mm -hmm. this meeting about Jack's death mm -hmm. is a mirror of the meeting about looking for the shooters mm -hmm. right. at the Night Owl. Yes. And you realize from this meeting how he mixes the truth and the fiction together mm -hmm. to let Ben go out there and discover the fiction that he's put out there mm -hmm. by giving them just enough truth to follow through and mm -hmm. go back to that other scene you realize that also was happening there just enough truth and fiction mixed together to set them off mm -hmm. to go find scapegoats yes yeah yeah and um so after this little meeting uh dudley uh, asked exley uh can you check on a name for me? Uh, Rolo Tomasi. And Man. the look on Exley's face, like he's just staring at him. He keeps a pretty good poker face. His eyes go right. a little wide. Right. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't speak up. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'll look into it. Yeah. and But he knows at that point. Yeah. And uh, the look on his face is just, wow. Like, I mean, because he knows Jack got killed, and now he knows Dudley definitely killed him. Yeah, and there's no, there's no chance anyone else could have. He would, you know, he wouldn't have found that out. Um, yeah, so that was pretty wild. Uh, Bud, Bud White gets to the hotel, and he's there. He needs to be the muscle uh, for where they got Sid tied to the chair, um, and uh, their fake. It's just it's, uh, Dudley is fake, like interrogating him. Uh, this scene was, I thought, really good because mm -hmm. Dudley was as direct and intense mm -hmm. and as threatening as he has ever been. Mm -hmm. um, and initially, the other guy in the room is the one hitting Sid. Yes. Um, as if they're controlling it. And then suddenly Bud gets upset and he hits him mm -hmm. and knocks him over. Mm -hmm. uh, knocks no, no, he, he, he knocks pulled, the chair he, over. He pulls the chair out. <laughs> that's nailed to the floor. floor. And knocks him over yeah. because of. Uh, of, of him taunting him, mm -hmm. I said taunting him, um, and then he he kind of because he was talking about he was giving up information that he was supposed to. Oh, I, I took these pictures of of Lynn with his cop mm -hmm. having sex, and he thinks it's him and Lynn, and he runs out to Sid's car and finds the picture, mm -hmm. opens up, and it's not him and Lynn, it's Exley and Lynn. Yeah, and you realize that they really set Bud up to yes. go get Exley. Yes. And he takes off in a tear. Mm -hmm. And they come back to Sid right. tied to the chairs. And, hey, boys. I, I you're a little rough on me, aren't you? a little rough on me. Yeah. Why don't you pull your punches next time? Yeah. And you see uh, Dudley's got Dudley black leather gloves, gloves on. Yeah. Putting on. You realize that uh, and you can end well for Sid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then they kill they kill Sid. And, uh, yeah. Um, and Bud goes to confront Exley at the police station. And, um, and they had the traditional... Two heroes fight it out, mm -hmm. and yet they talk to each other, and they realize that they're on the same side, they're in the same way, and they've both been set up. Right. And this is what's really going on. Yeah. Pretty much Ex figure it all out. Exley tells him Dudley killed Jack, and he wants wants you to kill me. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, 
uh, Bud asked uh, Exley, you know, you know, why do you want to, you know, do you, you know, do you believe what happened the night owl? And he's like, no, he's like, why do you want to, you know, it's already solved. And like, you want to tear down the, the, the thing that made you. And he's like, with the yeah, with a wrecking ball. Yeah. You want to help me swing it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they go to visit the DA. Um, and uh, because, you know, he's, he's in, in some of the shit too, for yeah. sure. They hang him out the window and uh, they asked, uh, he asked Exley, you know, to call call off your dog, call off Bud White. He's like, I don't know how. I wouldn't know how. <laughs> and they got what the information all they needed to know. He's being blackmailed by Dudley mm-hmm. and his and his crew. That um, with Mickey Cohen out of the picture, mm-hmm. um, Dudley's trying to consolidate and take over organized crime as well as be the big police guy. Mm-hmm. And you realize that uh, more than likely, in the earlier scenes of the 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 gangster is getting killed. It was probably Stensler and, and Buzz Meeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the night owl was because, uh, well, a couple of things happened. Buzz Meeks was already dead. Mm-hmm. Stensler killed him, probably because of the heroin. And then they got the night owl also was because Stensler was there and the other people were accidentally there. So they were there to get and kill Stensler yeah. because of the, because of, the heroin and everyone else had to die as well. And they talked about there probably three people with shotguns. That's why they went after the three kids with the car and the shotguns. And actually at some point, I can't remember exactly where in the movie, they realized that the shotguns that were in the backseat of the car, mm-hmm. the two cops that were there just before them probably planted them. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were uh, Dudley's guys. Um, so they realized that the three guys who Wheel of the shotguns are probably those two cops and Dudley to get Stensler and then clear out everyone else so no one could finger the cops yeah. as the killer is at the night out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they go to uh, they go to Patchett's house and uh, they get there and he's dead. Uh, someone trying to make it look like a suicide, although you know, it's a, two of his fingers are broke, you yeah. know, he couldn't he couldn't slit his own wrist, right? Right. Um, so that somebody killed him. Um, Probably drug him first. Yeah. And uh, you get uh, Bud Smith is at the crime scene. Uh, and uh, see, Sid is dead. And uh, Exley wants Bud to meet him at the Victory Motel. And Bud and Exley are, go to the, get to the Victory Motel. They're shooting it out. There's so many cops. Well, they, yeah. Bud gets there and he actually gets out of his car. He mm-hmm. goes, well, I'm here where, where you asked me to meet you. He goes, no, you asked me to meet you here. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that all the loose ends are being cleared up. Yeah. And they look around, they see lights coming towards them, and they realize they're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a pretty good shootout scene. Yeah. And there's like a dozen cops or something come out of the woodwork and try to kill them. It's like a video game. It's like constantly the enemies are. But there's a, a little trick in here. That mm-hmm. Even though I knew it was there, mm-hmm. second time around here, I'm like, oh, surprise me again. Mm-hmm. And that was. Uh, Dudley is the last cop standing. Yeah. Um, and at one point, um, he's about ready to shoot Exley and Bud's there on the ground, just slowly mm-hmm. dying. He's got a knife and he jabs in his leg. Yeah. And Dudley turns around and shoots him like a dead dog mm-hmm. on the ground. And then uh, the cops show up right around that time before mm-hmm. he can get rid of Exley. And he says, well, I'm going to tell the story, so you better uh, – you hold your badge up so they know you're a cop, and he walks out mm-hmm. and actually follows him 
And as he's, you see the cop car slowly almost coming over the rise just mm -hmm. before they hit, Exton's got to make a decision. Yeah. And he shoots him, Dudley, in the back. Yeah. And kills him. And yeah. And he pulls out his badge and holds it up and waits for the cops. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you realize all those questions he was asked in the beginning mm -hmm. by Dudley, he's pretty much answered yes to all of them at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and, uh, before the cops come, Exie tells Dudley, you are Rolla Tomasi. And Dudley says, who's that? Like, you're the guy who always gets away with it. Get the guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, but here, here's a little mm -hmm. trick mm -hmm. and that I forgot. Mm -hmm. Was that, uh, in the, uh, what, up next is the, uh, the ending of it, right? Right. Well, well, where they, uh, they've got Exie there and yeah. there. And he tells them exactly what happens. Yes. Including the fact that he shot Dudley. Yes. Yeah. What were you going to say, though? Um, I guess it comes up near the very end mm -hmm. where Bud White is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. up to this point, they don't talk about that. Right. I thought he was killed. Yeah. By Dudley. I mean, and it wasn't until the very last that. scene with the girl mm -hmm. where Exo literally looks into the car and there's Bud all bandaged up. Right. With right. Tubes coming out of him. Yeah. He realized, well, he survived. Mm hmm. Even though I knew that, I forgot again. Yeah, it's and not. It's, it's definitely not obvious. It's a nice little twist. Nice yeah, little twist. Right, right. And um, and they're they're actually tells them, you know, I yeah. I, sh I shot Dudley. Yeah, he tells them everything, right down the line, all the corruption, all this, why all this happened, what he believes. Yeah. And they're kind of like behind the two way glass, all the big wigs, and they're like, and he can't right. hear. In theory, he can't hear them, and they can't. They can only hear him. Yeah. And they say, you know, we've got to spin this a certain way. We need right. blah, blah, blah. We need to hear, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Right. And then you see him smiling. Yeah. And then when, when he's, what, he, what he's smiling about, and even if he can't hear them, yeah. you know he knows what's going on. Yeah. You're going to need two heroes. Yes. And like, what? The yeah. dead hero and the live hero. Yes. Which is, uh, so he gets another another medal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's he's a hero. Um and uh, and Bud White's the other hero. And yeah, and and Bud is there. Is uh, he survived? You find out he survived. Oh no, I think the, in the papers, uh, Dudley was the dead hero. They don't want everyone. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Dudley was the dead hero, and he's alive here. Mm -hmm. That way, you've got the dead hero to believe in the organized crime, find mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. and you get the life hero say, "Yeah, that's what happened." Yeah, yeah, and uh, you get you get the ending, the credits, and after the credits, you see. Uh, a family watching the show Badge of Honor on TV. Yeah. Um, and it says dedicated to Jack Vincennes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's how it, that's how the movie ends. Uh, pretty good one. Yes. Very yeah. good. Movie. Yeah. Pretty good one. And um, uh, we'll be back right after this. Why I'm glad you're here. I need you to see this. Jack, he wants you to kill me. He showed you the photo, didn't he? Didn't he? Oh! 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 
I checked the daily report books. Dudley, Buzzmeeks, and Stensland go way back. I know Stensland lied to me. Lefford's mother ID'd Stensland as Lefford's boyfriend. Stensland pretended he didn't know Meeks or her the night that I met Lynn. Stensland and Meeks. What the hell were they up to? I don't know. But I think Stens killed Meeks over heroin. What heroin? Tony Stompanato told me that Meeks had heroin for sale. Meeks ends up dead. Stensland dies at the night owl. Who wasn't the Negroes? The rape victim lied in her statement. The first guys to the Mercury Coop were Bruning and Carlisle. Dudley's guys. They planted the shotguns. And they'd have killed the Negroes too if Jack and I hadn't shown up. Dudley framed them because they were Negroes and had records. And he knew there'd be no questions asked if they were... They were killed resisting arrest. Somehow this is all connected to Jack's angle. Sid Hutchins. The pictures to blackmail Ellis Lowe. A kid got murdered. If we're going to figure this out, we need to work together. We are back here on the podcast uh, talking about L.A. Confidential. Uh, Paul, who's your guy in this movie? James Cromwell. Easy. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a good actor. Mm-hmm. Great part. And didn't break character, mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the the scene with Danny DeVito being interrogated, mm-hmm. and he was playing the part as the uh, the big bad cop interrogating mm-hmm. the criminal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I think most of the audience at that point knew that it was a setup. Mm-hmm. That DeVito's character was working with him; that this was some kind of play that they were doing. But Dudley was still the character who's supposed to be for Bud White's sake, you know, yeah. so that Bud White believed everything was going on and yeah. then he followed through with killing Sid. Yeah. You know, he, he, he multitasked. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I thought, uh, not, not Dudley so much as James Cromwell. I liked him. So yeah. Good in this movie. Very good. Um, same, same for me. I love, I love it. It's like two movies in a row for us. Uh, same. Yeah. He's, he was great. I mean, he's just, he's just great. I, yes. I mean, it's great to see somebody who was really a minor TV actor a long time ago become end up in some big movies there's no minor actors there's just uh small parts <laughs> small minor few parts. lines and then big parts with big lines yeah you get the right actor in there and we knock it out of the park yeah yeah so who's the villain in this movie uh james Cromwell. james Cromwell. <laughs> james Cromwell. dudley dudley smith Captain dudley yes dudley smith. he is definitely the villain in the movie. yes there's the, some there's a lot of bad guys in this movie but he is he is the one yeah, there's no doubt he's the villain. Oh, even at the end where he's like out of bullets and he's pretty sure actually is just not going to kill him mm-hmm. and arrest him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to tell his story his way and, mm-hmm. and get out of it right. and escape. Uh, he he makes almost the correct call, mm-hmm. except that he doesn't factor into what actually has been through yeah. to get to that point. Right. Whereas he's already the J.D. guy and thinks that this is the way it is. Actually, he's the Boy Scout. So I can turn my back on him and not have anything to worry about because I already know who my guy is. Mm-hmm. Strong. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's a great villain. 
Does he? Does he? Does he make our list? Yeah, I think he just made. What I think he. Like? I think he will. Who's um, it? Go over the list again. The bottom. Got the, at the bottom of yeah. our villains list: uh, Buddy from Baby Driver, uh-huh. The Thing from The Thing, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Brick Tuff from Snatch, Nino Brown from New Jack City, Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards, The Xenomorph from Alien, Nurse Ratchet. Cuckoo's Nest, Wicked Witch of the West, and Hannibal Lecter. All right, you know what? Uh, looking at that list, mm-hmm. I'm going to put him in a range of Hans, above Hans Gruber. So, Top, Nino Brown, Hans Landa, he's in that range right there for me. Where exactly he falls yeah. depends on the minutiae, I think. But I think he's going to be somewhere there in the middle of the list, uh, knocking Buddy out. Yeah, I uh, think he's... Uh, yeah, I agree. He he definitely belongs on this list. He's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, um, and I would almost put him just below Alien and above Hans Landa. I know that that grouping there, putting mm-hmm. him in that group now, I kind of want to move him up to the top of that little group. Okay. So you think he probably goes uh, above Hans Landa? Yes. Okay. Uh, they both have similar story. Yeah. Ethos in that they are brutal people who are following through mm-hmm. on the brutality and controlling as much as they can up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, they make a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Dudley with, at the very end, actually, and Hans Lander at the very end with uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character carves him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't get out skin-free, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I put him right in there. but uh, And the alien... Little more elemental and brutal than Dudley, so I'm gonna have to put him under the aliens right there. Okay, right in that spot. Is that one? Right, so put three, him in number five. Yeah, number five. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's he's a pretty evil. Yeah, pretty evil character. And really. the more you learn about him as the movie goes on, oh, the more yeah, you just love to hate him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Dudley Smith um, will be on our list. And I'll knock Buddy off our list. Uh, Baby Driver. Now it's been. About over a year since I think we did that episode. Baby Driver's in the top first ten we did, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was the first ten, but it's been it's been over a year since we've done it. It's yeah, it's been a while. But Buddy's been on our list. But uh, Buddy's John Hamm's character Buddy is no longer on our list. Uh, Dudley Smith now is number five, uh, just below the Xenomorph from Alien. Um, so it's time to talk about uh, the list now, Paul. I know this is on your this is in your top one. Why would you say that? Yeah, yeah, it is right. Oh, Baby Driver was number sixteen that we did. Sixteenth one. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, it's a top one. Easy. Yeah, it's just too good. The story's too good. Mm-hmm. Even watching it again, I was still surprised by some things. And yeah, I saw a lot more things that I either didn't know to look for mm-hmm. or uh, just didn't realize were there in the background going on stuff. Yeah, and then. Seeing Simon Baker, who since then the movie came out, I yeah. come to really like, especially through the Mentalist, mm-hmm. to see him in his much younger looking role, yeah, um, uh, was really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, top twenty, easy. Uh, in fact, uh, 16, 17, 18, something in that range, mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, yeah. So um, was on your now list. Now it's time for Paul. I guess where it is on my list. Uh, he's got the list in front of him of where the gaps are, and there yes. is, there's not many gaps anymore. I'm gonna put it high on your list. Okay, I'm probably way off. Like I'm right. only going number eleven. Going with number eleven. Yeah. 
Number 15. Oh, that was the next one in line. I'm like, oh, that takes a little bit higher. I than thought that. you might get this one right. Uh, I was looking at the top 20. I think it's in your top 20. I'm looking at the yeah. numbers, and 20, 15, 11 were open. I'm like, eh, I should have gotten the middle. Yeah. Number I 15. Did, I didn't think it was top 10. I thought it was top 20. Yeah. Wow. So I got close. Yeah. And I, I got in the right range as well. Yeah. And uh, this, yeah, this movie, I mean, let me see. This, I'm looking at my, this movie fucking, is a fucking fantastic movie. It is. If you, this is, if you really love movies, you should. You, you this love should this be. Movie. If you don't watch, this one was one of the movies like every five seven years you just watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't work up to it. Don't watch bits and pieces of it on on cable, whatever. Yeah. Just every five seven years, this is one of the movies you gotta watch. Yeah. When I was uh, ordering, putting my movies in order, um, I know that. Uh, I'm not going to give away any that I haven't done yet, but I put uh, Fargo, LA Confidential, and Useful Suspects in a, in a sort of a Menage. group together. Is like where, where, and I realized that now I, I do like. Oh, wow. They are there. With 14, I, 15, and, and 17. 17. I do, and I realize I do like LA Confidential a little better than Usual Suspects. That's why it's number 15. Now, Airplane was 16, completely different movie, but. Yes. And uh, Fargo, I still like. But the movies that are around it, Reservoir mm -hmm. Dogs, Office Space, Ride mm -hmm. the Dog, Falling Down, very good movies. Yeah, yeah. And I thought you were going to get this one right. You know, I was in the range. You were, you were closer. I than was you. in the range. Very close. And I cheated up instead of going in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah. Um, and uh, maybe next time. Maybe next mm -hmm. time. What is next time, by the way? Um, well, first, do you have any plugs? I do not have any plugs. Right. Plugs are just listen to the podcast. Yeah, um, listen to our podcast. We've got about uh, I think about 23, 25 countries listening have now. We, have we picked up Antarctica yet? No, I don't care. No. Come on, Antarctica. Put on the ball. Yeah, recently uh, we have new listeners in Brazil and uh, Malaysia and South Korea, Taiwan. Just South Korea, not North Korea? Just South Korea. It could be in North Korea. We don't know it. Right, right. We should probably do uh, Team America World Police <coughs> to uh, stir up any controversy. Or the... Uh, what do you call it? That what was the assassin? The interview. The interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <coughs> Special we'll get, podcast. We'll get on our top hundred. The interview. Yeah, we'll get we'll get pulled from the internet if we do the do the interview. Um, but uh, next week, time to talk about what we're doing next week. Next week, uh, get your tickets for Chubby Rain. Uh, visit your your uh, Mindhead counselor, and get some illegal Mexican immigrants to handle your cameraman to camera your camera work. Uh, next week, we're talking about Bowfinger. On 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Ed, we need police witnesses to offset the damage done to the department. I'm asking if... Justice has to be served. Of course I'll testify. Why do you feel that way, Edmund? Most of the men don't. That's because they think silence and integrity are the same thing. Not exactly the image of the new LAPD we're trying to create. Welcome to Los Angeles, the city of the future. May I make a suggestion, sir? By all means. The public will expect the department to protect its own and sweep this under the carpet. Don't. Shift the guilt to men whose pensions are secured. Force them to retire. But somebody has to swing. So indict, pry, and convict Richard Stensland and Bud White. Secure them jail time. The message will be very clear. This department, your new LAPD, will not tolerate officers who think they're above the law. 
Dick Stenslin is an embarrassment as a policeman. He's had rotten fitness reports from every CO he's ever served under. But Bud White is a valuable officer. White's a mindless thug. No, Edmund. He's just a man who can answer yes to those questions I've asked you from time to time. The department and the public need role models. Clean-cut, forthright men the public can admire. Sergeant, I'll promote you to lieutenant. Effective immediately. Detective lieutenant. Ed, you're 30. Your father didn't make lieutenant until he was 33. I know that, sir. I also know that when he made lieutenant, it was as a detective. Well, before we start polishing our laurels, I think it would look better if we had a corroborative witness. That won't be easy to come by. The men hate a still pigeon. Jack Vincennes. He hit one of the Mexicans and he saw the whole thing. A veteran like Vincennes might be willing to admit his own culpability. But he'd never ran out a fellow officer. Jack's the technical advisor on Badge of Honor. He lives for it. That's the way to get to him. <laughs>